Hello, all, and welcome to the Fantasy and Sci-Fi Fanatics Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Kubal. Today, I have me a very special guest, JCM Byrne. Joe, how are you doing today? I'm great, Daniel. Honored to be here. Yeah, yeah, it feels good. Like I said, you're my first interview after, I think I've actually had like a two-week break. So, Oh, nice. <laughs> it was nice for a while, then I was like, I got to talk to somebody about writing. <laughs> <laughs> Enough of the lake and the fishing. <laughs> Back yeah, to work. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it was nice, but it's like, I, I my wife, she's like, oh, you really got to get this novella done. I'm like, I really do. So <laughs> I like doing interviews before my, you know, writing time because you guys always just give me the best ideas and it just, it gives me a really good motivation, you know, to, to write. And it, you know, it, it doesn't allow me to waste any time. And I'm like, well, so-and-so just did this cool thing or whatever. And yeah. It just, it I gets listen, me going, so. <laughs> I listen to writing excuses before I write like yeah. an episode or two, like 15 oh. minutes. Get me revved uh, up. Let's go right into it. That's yeah. a good idea. I, I actually didn't consider that. So I'm going to steal that. Um, before, yours. Like during my weeks, because usually I do these on the weekends. So that's uh, yours. when you win a Hugo, just say thanks to Joe for this idea. <laughs> oh, I got you. I got you. Gotta, your speech. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's there. I'll be up there. <laughs> funny we'll story. Start. Funny story. Yeah. I got to interrupt you. Funny story. No, go, to go on tangents. My college roommate won a Hugo Award. Who was that? John Chu. He won a Hugo Award for a short story. I forget the year. I mean, we haven't talked in like 20. I mean, he's a lovely guy. We just, you know, college room, you lose touch. Yeah, yeah. Great guy. But um, uh, at one point I was, I, I was, I was looking at like the Tor.com website and they, they mentioned him, our own. And I'm like, is this, the, could be the same guy? Cause it's not the, it's not a unique name. Look him up. Same guy. Like we, we've been in touch uh, on Twitter, but so I, I, I would say, you know, like I would say, I want to put that in my author bio, you know, former roommate of Hugo <laughs> Award winning. Like that somehow makes my book better, right? You should put that on the cover. I would so and do that. Neither of us wrote fiction at the time. Like we don't have like deep comments. Not like we met at a writing workshop or met at like in like studying English. He was a yeah, computer yeah, yeah. engineer and I was a philosophy major. You know, like it was oh, that's crazy. nothing to do with writing science fiction, but that's my funny story. That's crazy. So now you know my good, interesting fact about me. Now, now <laughs> we're basically done. The rest of the interview is just like. Quickest interview ever. Extras, just extras, yeah. Not definitely put that. I would. I would totally put that on on my book I, cover. <laughs> I was highly tempted. I, yeah, really I was cool. highly tempted, but you know, that's hilarious. That's okay. awesome. <laughs> that's really cool. Well, yeah. actually, just into the first question. Actually, uh, what has your writing journey been like up until this point? So I think I'm like a third of your guests. I started writing a uh, fantasy uh, based in my D and D setting. Oh, right. Cool. After playing Dungeons and Dragons. So I think, I think I've heard many other, you know, many other people. Oh say yeah. Yeah. It's like so, half and half, I would say. Yeah. 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 So, um, um, I wrote a book, you know, I wrote a couple books. I sent one to tour. It got rejected. I didn't really know what to do. This was like the late nineties. I didn't mm. really know how to like move it forward, make it better, had form a writing group. I didn't understand how the process worked. So I just kind of put it on a shelf and went about my life. I went, you know, found a regular job. Um, <laughs> I did it again and again, and then in in, uh, in 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 2020, I just said I'm just going to write, and it was just about finding something a little more, you know, a little fulfilling, I guess, in, in a different way than my day job. You know, it's a yeah. different sense. And um, I wrote this book, and I really didn't know what I was doing, but I had friends who really liked it, and and some people read it who weren't really my friends, like people who knew friends of friends or whatever, and they're like, "This is really good." And I was like, okay, well, I, I should really learn what I'm doing you know, if I'm going to, if I'm going to, if I'm and, and try to do this the right way. Yeah. So then I started like, really like, li like, like listening to like, like Brandon Sanderson's lectures on YouTube about writing and like podcasts and reading books on craft and trying to like, like, I had no idea what like a three act structure was. Mm. I had no idea. 
when I first so so the book that if you buy Wistful Sending now, it's 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 a complete rewrite, mm. same story, but like I literally touched every you know sentence because I didn't know what things like passive voice were or mm. you know any you know and so I spent like a year, COVID helped because I was home, nothing else to do, mm. but I spent like a year like trying to learn how to write. And I re-released the book, got a better cover, got an editor. Editor was a huge help because she went, she was a, she did a developmental edit and, and, a, and, a, and a line edit. And oh. she really helped, you know, flesh out all the places where, you know, a lot of, a lot of my weaknesses um, that I wouldn't, would, you know, you don't necessarily see yourself. Um, and I re-released the book and uh, got pretty positive feedback. And then I thought, well, you know, uh, uh, now I'm hooked. So now I'm, now I'm committed, you know, and the, 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 the way my, my sort of my brain works with the stories is, you know, I'm trying to write the kinds of things that I love to read. Yeah. Uh, fundamentally, the, 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 I'm the audience for this book, 100%. Like, there's no part of me that's like, oh, kids will like it if I do this. Like, I, I, it doesn't occur to me. To, I, don't, I don't work that way. Maybe I should, but I don't. Um, so, you know, what I love is I love series. I love like the Dresden Files. I love, I'm a big comic book fan from way back where you have a comic book character, you know, they, they go on for hundreds or thousands of issues, you know, story after story, but but the stories are self-contained, maybe one or a few. So I was like, this is, this is what I want to do. So I've been, uh, book three is still being edited, but is coming out sometime in the next few months once I get my cover. Um, and I have lots more planned. So, uh, you know, it's uh, whether whether other you know, and, and and enough other people have enjoyed them that I I'm like pumped to to keep doing them. But uh, yeah, so uh, I, I learned a lot. I'm still learning, still getting like like feedback from people. Um, and then I entered Spiffbo, oh, which was awesome. um, uh, uh, you know, you know, it's funny. You get a, so much attention for entering Spiffbo. All these people are like, oh, you know, I want people, you know, like reviewers will say, I want to read all the Spiffbo entries and review them myself. I want to see if I agree. And it's all this attention. Like, it's kind of amusing because to get into Spiffbo, all you need to do is set an alarm on a particular day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. You just have to get up and like submit the book. Like, you don't to be one of those three hundred people. There's no screen other than you had to get up that day and submit your book. So yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah. very gratifying that I'm getting all this attention. But on one hand, it's also like I don't know that I deserve it. We'll see. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully I do. You know, hopefully the book does. But uh, you know, and then it, so so since since the book was released, it's just been about trying to get it into people's hands. Yeah, which is really tricky. I don't think my book. Yeah. It's really you know I don't think my book blurbs well right people hear superheroes and people hear um you know superhero sci-fi type stuff and they tend to think it's either written for kids or it's like a deconstruction of the genre where you're really uh you know making it very grim and like gritty and like yeah not, that's, that's the current market right yeah like watchmen like if you're writing for adults they think it's something like watchmen or the boys which i love don't get me wrong like i love you want things. classic 90s like 80s and 90s you know like you're you're Lois and Clark adventures, you know, like your yeah. TNT, you know, like your Dean Kane, like, you know, like they're not the, they're, that's what my firm was saying too. Like they're not the, you know, I'm not the gritty, you know, I think that's why Marvel's done so well is they, you know, they didn't do the DC approach. They, they stuck with the original source material and tried to make it light and fun and, you know, superhero genre, not a, a horror movie. <laughs> or, you know. It's a hundred percent. Marvel makes heroes who are trying to be heroes and whether they're flawed or not, they're trying to be heroes. And, 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 and for the most part, they make things better. Yep. For the most part, it's a hopeful, upbeat. It's like the, the, I don't know what the right word is, but the opposite of grimdark. 
right? Yeah, no, I, I agree. Yep. And, I agree. And, and, and that's what I'm trying to write. And it's hard to sell that to people because I'm also not trying to write this for children. Right? That was never my goal. And it's not, I don't have a lot of adult content. Like it's not a lot of explicit sex or graphic violence. That's not what makes it adult. But the themes are about, you know, redemption and, yeah, and, yeah. and morality and doing the right thing. And it's, it's themes that were most... I, 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 um, uh, um, uh, Jordan Brooks, uh, who, who's uh, on Twitter uh, um, and does does book reviews, was, was talking about me. And he's, and he, someone, someone asked, and he was like, "Yeah, you should probably be 16, you know, or something, to really appreciate all the stuff." And I think that's fair, you know. Um, but it's hard to blurb that, you know. It's hard to make it not sound like I'm writing a cartoon for eight year olds. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with cartoons for eight year olds, you know, but. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> you know, that, that's what you want. That's what you're writing, that, that's fabulous, but that's not what I'm, what I'm doing. So uh, now I've been trying to get it into people's hands and uh, I figure people read it and then they'll, they'll be able, you know, reviewers and, and booktubers and, and book bloggers are better than me at explaining, is this good and for whom? That's really yeah. what they do. So I'm trying to get it in people's hands and it's been a very uh, fun and gratifying. I was just thinking, cause like, um... You know, I just got done with Jeffrey H. Haskells, who I had on um, for season one. Um, his, um, why am I blanking? <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> um, Arsenal series. Yeah, so yeah, I read yeah. book one of Arsenal. Um, and I was I just- listening to that interview. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, man, I really liked it. Uh, and I got really into it. Um, so that's like your book. I was like, oh, I, just, I really, you know, I've been trying to review people from season one who have been on the show. Uh, and I got some people for season two. So for your first book, I was like, Okay, I was like, now I need another superhero fix, and um, but yeah, I was like, I just, I still feel like I, you know, I discovered Jeffrey probably about six and a half years ago for the first time um, on Lindsay Broker uh, and Joe Lalo, uh, like their podcast um, and like their marketing podcast for uh, fantasy and sci-fi, and I just thought it was interesting because you know that was when the Marvel movies were first really coming out and becoming popular, but I still feel like the things that he talked about about the superhero genre for books back then almost seven years ago still apply today i still feel like you know there's it's still not a saturated market in terms of novels you know and it's it's i think i do feel i was just talking to a buddy of mine about this um i do feel that the genre for you guys is going to pick up because i think people are kind of getting over the marvel thing you know what i mean like i just feel like I haven't seen Doctor Strange yet, but that's at least what I've what I've heard. And even with the the recent Thor, uh, which I'm really excited to go see this upcoming weekend. But it just seems to me like people want a certain fix. And I think the market's going different for the movies. And I think it's going to leave people for a hankering like it does for me for some of the comics and the books. I just just that's that's my feeling, at least. Hope you're right. And that that's my hope. Because <laughs> I literally was like after I got done, you know, with Arsenal, I was like, I have this old superhero that, you know, my, I was originally going to be an illustrator. My friend and I really wanted oh, called The Vengeance. And yeah. I started thinking about the other day. I was like, yeah, it'd be kind of fun to do like a 250 page book, you know, about this character. And it really got me interested in, you know, in the genre uh, yeah. you know, and stuff. But, but I like, I do like, you talked about blurb though. Like I do like, I loved your blurb. <laughs> I have to say. Okay. I, That's great. And I, I just went and reread it yesterday, actually, in anticipation for this interview. And when you said, um, you know, like a mix between superhero and sci-fi, that got my attention as, you know, a second time as a reader. And I was like, a lot of people don't portray, you know, their superhero book like that. And that, that to me was really, 
that was, I was like, yes, like, that's cool. I like combinations. I, I don't know if, you know, some people in the audience are like, oh, we're tired of him saying it. But I, you know, I like the mixture is, you know, like, I like my historical urban fantasy, not just, you know, I, I, I like different, I like Star Wars because that's probably why I've been ruined for books and movies and things because, you know, that's a fantasy and a sci-fi setting, you know? And <laughs> well, I think I love the combination. Superheroes have always been sci-fi. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Superman yeah. was an alien sent yeah. here in a spaceship. I never thought of it until you said it. I hear right? butterfly. Right? Superman was sci-fi. Yeah. Iron Man. Iron Man is sci-fi. The Fantastic yeah. Four. The, Captain America. The was a science, right? Captain America. Super Serum. The Human okay. Torch. The original Human Torch was Captain America's like uh, uh, fought with him in the World War II comics. Different oh, than yeah. the Fantastic Four Human Torch. He was an android. Yeah, yeah. In the flames, right? yeah. I don't probably. know what the Submariner was. I never quite, they made him a mutant like recently, but I don't know what he was originally. Yeah. I guess he was just an, from Atlantis, so whatever. But the Human Torch but was they had that advanced technology though, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. so superheroes have always been sci-fi and then by the, I don't know when it started, but they were definitely became fantasy as well. I know definitely by the late 60s or 70s, you definitely had magic. Right? Yeah. Doctor Strange and you had... A lot, of, a lot of Superman had magic. He faced yeah. a lot of sorcerers because that was like one of his like weaknesses from the, I think my friend, he, yeah. he made a good point for the Silver Age, you know, um, I think it was the Silver Age comics, particularly for DC, because, you know, you had Dr. Fate, um, you know, right. Right. Uh, and then Marvel, of course, did Moon Knight, uh, who, had, you know, back in the day had a little bit more of the mysticism and stuff. But they had mysticism even earlier, like even in the pulps, like Doc Shadow, didn't he? Oh, I didn't even cloud think men's it. minds. Yeah, yeah I didn't even feel of... like a hypnotism. But they made of... it. They made it. It wasn't just hypnotism, right? I think they hinted no, it was that like it was something he learned in Asia. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. And it was magic. It was, you know, it wasn't. It wasn't tossing fireballs. Magic. Yeah, but, um, you know, I it love the shadow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that, that's that's the roots of superheroes. The superheroes have always been science fantasy. You know, to me, science fantasy is just where you have science fiction elements and fantasy elements. You've got these impossible things. You're saying these impossible things are from technology. Like Iron Man's armor is technology. Yep. You've got these other impossible things, which is Doctor Strange creating a portal. That's magic. When you say it's magic, you're making a fantasy. Yep. And when you say it's technology, you're making science fiction. You, you can you, you can make other distinctions. But to me, the, that's what it is. Yeah. And superheroes, generally speaking, are science fantasy. They're just both. Because you have Doctor Strange standing next to Iron Man doing stuff and i'm like well this is what i love i love all these things i love yeah, guys yeah. in power armor and i love i love people tossing fireballs around and this is what i grew up loving so you put it together and you add a cape and some spandex and you have superheroes so that's what i write <laughs> you know? i think you just blew my mind twice in the same like weekend because i didn't you're welcome i didn't consider superheroes and sci-fi so closely related but i also didn't even think about the reason that maybe so many people like myself love superheroes so much, particularly like, well, you know, like Dr. Fate and, you know, uh, Dr. Strange was that it is fun, right. To have the sci-fi and fantasy mixed together. <laughs> I, I look, it, Everybody gets what they want. I just, it, that blows my mind. I never thought of that. I mean, look, there are people who write like very serious science fiction where their whole point is yeah. you're trying to extrapolate some kind of technological advance and how would it change our lives? It's almost a literary thing. And that's lovely stuff. But what if you're writing like a space opera or a science fiction adventure or most fantasy novels, you're throwing in the stuff you think is cool. You think it's cool yeah. to have spaceships, you know, slinging lasers at each other and flying around. You think it's cool, giant robots. You think it's cool, wizards like teleporting. And, you know, you think that stuff is, and the, there's nothing wrong with that. Like that's a perfectly valid reason, but that's why you put it in your book. 
Yeah. You know, and I'm like, well, if I can think these things are cool, like I think giant monsters are cool. So you know what? My whole book is set on a space station that's floating above a planet that is completely like filled with giant mon- like kaiju, right? Like Godzilla-sized monsters. Because why not? It's my book. I want I want Godzilla-sized monsters on there. I'm gonna I'm gonna slap them in there. And uh, and uh, you know, some besides, I needed something that would could kind of kick my hero's butt. Yeah, you know, yeah, because you don't you don't want your hero to be like too tough. You know, that's a Superman problem, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, so so you know, put put some giant monsters on it. Great, you know, they're in there. You know, are they so yeah. Well, I just like throwing you know, that stuff in. It's like Batman, you know, like the hero is only as great as his villains, and I think that's why everybody yeah. loves Batman so much is he's got the greatest rogues gallery of all time. You know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. I, I, yeah oh yeah so i i do have to say just real quick as a plug to comics so i'm reading um the batman graphic novel i think it's the court of owls and i just started uh, and it's interesting because the opening scene is actually batman in arkham fighting all of like the the rogues gallery oh, yeah. like at once and then the panel that i just got to is on like page five <laughs> you know of five and everybody's like oh there's the joker like all the villains like oh there's the joker you're screwed now as batman's beating him up and then batman goes are you ready and the joker comes out swinging and (laughs) and batman are like destroying all the other rogues and i was just like i am sold (laughs) i was like i'm gonna read this entire graphic novel like you know tomorrow after work just like i I, i've been on like a hot streak right now with graphic novels and comics i've been reading king conan um one of the it's the first issue blew my mind and i'm just like i i just feel like we're in a we're in a golden age of writing comics right now i feel like a lot of them dipped down but i felt like they were back up after that 2000 slump that you know that we had i think they were trying to make too many things similar and i think now i feel like dc and marvel were trying to make too many things similar and now they're going back to what they used to be before that right and just telling their own stories and yeah. I feel like it's definitely I read one a one shot where um, Ra, um Damian Wayne vampire hunter and it was such a cool concept where um Dick Grayson gets infected by a vampire by Dracula and uh-huh. he takes over Gotham and kills Batman this isn't a spoiler because it's in like the the preview and it's such a good one shot. I was like, I want a series of this. <laughs> like, Damian <laughs> Give me Wayne, more. so cool. Yeah, Give Alfred and Damian Wayne were just so cool. And it was just, yeah, it was very, it was interesting world building. And I was like, yeah, really cool. But, but yeah, that it goes back to you know again where you're taking something that I love, Batman, and then adding in a vampire world. And that was just so, it was so interesting. And it's like, um, in- yeah, sorry, oh, cut off for a sec. Have you read Invincible? Uh, no, actually, I actually have the first two graphic novels. I'm just read them. Uh, yeah, read them. it starts really off good and it gets show. better. And the Amazon uh, cartoon is excellent. It's like slightly better than the comic, probably. I mean, Robert Kirkman worked on the cartoon, but I think yeah. the cartoon really uh, plays as if there were a couple things he wished he had done a little differently and a little better oh, in terms of pacing, and it feels fixed. It, it feels yeah. like like another draft of the comic. But yeah. the comic is excellent, and it was hugely inspirational for my stuff. Oh, that's awesome. Actually, Vince- I did read the first graphic novel, actually. Um, but I think it was like, it wasn't that the one where it was like they brought it back out again? Maybe it was like, I, I think I had like the original one, but then I felt like there were years in between where I never saw anything about it. And then to me, it seemed like they brought it back out again. Uh, or maybe they just redid the cover. But I've definitely read yeah. the first graphic novel. 
they uh, yeah, yeah they they released it in like three very fat books oh okay the whole run the whole run which is what i have in my closet right now and um it's totally worth it it's like it's like a it's a it's a story the character grows and changes and the story ends there's a real arc to it um oh, but it's, cool. it's 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 everything i love in that it's it's um it's it, 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 it's an homage to superheroes it's not a, it's not a oh he's actually the main character is a superhero. He's got, he can fly and like punch things real hard. And um, uh, he's trying to do the right thing and he screws up sometimes and he makes things worse. But in general, he's trying to do the right thing. And in general, he succeeds and makes things better. And he's surrounded by other characters that are very reminiscent of the kind of things you see in good comics. Oh, it's just all, it's just all excellent. Like at every level, it's excellent. In the character development, there's some great twists. Um, but it was hugely inspirational for, for, for what I did. So I was like, okay. This guy's take writing a very like it's funny. It's not serious in the sense that it's 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 not you don't you laugh, but it's very serious in the sense that he's taking the characters and their development and their emotions very seriously. You know, kind of like what happened with Buffy the Vampire Slayer. You know, you had this oh, yeah. very silly thing where they this you know they're fighting vampires in Sunnydale, California, which sounds like kind of ridiculous, but the characters are treated like their emotional life is treated very seriously. I mean, whatever you think about Joss Whedon, which is a whole different topic we don't need to get into. Yeah. But, 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 you know, if you watch that show, like, you know, the characters are treated like they're, they're, they're trying to make really good, solid characters who felt real, given the context of their ridiculous situation. Yeah. And, like, yeah. This, this is what Invincible does. And this, this is what I'm trying to do. Um, may not be as successful, but, you know, so Invincible is really worth your time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Cut out again. My computer's just not like me today. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say, you know, not not as successful as Invincible yet. Just saying. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Book two, right? So three's on the horizon. So. Um, working on it. Yeah. No, that's cool. I really liked your. Uh, I liked your uh, explanation of that. I thought that was really good. I remember really liking the graphic novel. I think I bought it literally like the first one, like the week it came out. Like I remember specifically going, and I was like, "Oh, this looks awesome." The art was really cool, and I remember reading it. And then I think I just dropped off because I was like reading Birthright at the time. And, yeah. you know, also, I mean, I was just uh, uh, like, that's why I said to my wife, I was like, I was on such a good run that that year. And yeah. I was like, now yeah. currently I am. But yeah, I definitely, I, that was one I forgot to grab when I was in Michigan. It gets um, better. It's definitely one of those comics where I read the first one. I was like, oh, this is, this is good. I'm going to read the second one. I read the second one. By the time I got to like the midway through, I was like, oh my God. And then my mind was blown. But your mind's not blown from the beginning because part of it, he's setting things up. And, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. It's just it's very hard to blow someone's mind from the beginning and then have a continuous story that still reads well. Yeah, you yeah. Know, you know, you know, you know, six years later because it really yeah. was like a twelve-year run. He put out yeah, like an yeah. issue every month for for a long time. Yeah, uh, and that's hard, you know. And it's it's hard to have character development that like lasts that long. Yeah, you know? I remember that being like that. I mean, remember the year it came out. I can't remember the number, but I remember the year it came out, and I remember thinking like this was like, and I like I said, there were so many great graphic novels that I had, yeah. had came out that year and that I bought, you know, that were older where it was like, I read crisis of, you know, an infinite earth that year. Um, they had done the rerun of that. There was, um, you know, right around that time was 52, you know, civil yeah. war was right around that time. And I just remember thinking like, this was one of the better graphic novels like I had ever read. Um, and there were a lot of star Wars, you know, star Wars ones at that time. Um, rebellion was really good. Um, they had a really cool Republic mm -hmm. Mando in there. You know, there was all sorts of good ones. So I definitely a lot of good stuff. That's cool though that knowing that that's you know inspiration for you. That's oh yeah. Awesome. Oh yeah. 
Oh, yeah. I, in one very specific way, my, uh, my sort of uh, uh, the setup for my, um, uh, uh, the, the, this whole, the whole setting is, 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 is almost straight taken from Invincible, which is, uh, so I don't know if you want me to just, to just go on into that, but. Um, yeah, yeah, go, go right Okay, ahead. so the, basically the setting is you've got, you know, it, it, it is very much like the Marvel Universe. You know, sort of, you have Earth, which has like very similar to our level of technology, but there are superheroes running around, but it's roughly present day Earth. But then there are alien planets and there's lots of people with spaceships flying around and they don't come here very often. You know, Earth doesn't appear in the first book, but the galaxy has been basically taken over by a, a, a race and they are, um, uh, uh, th what's special about them is they're not particularly numerous or tough or anything, but when they breed with other uh, 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 species, they have, you know, children who are themselves sterile by the different species, but the children have superpowers at a very advanced level, like to the point of being like, you know, civilization ending level of power. Oh, wow. So they basically, you have these, these, these aliens, you know, they come and they, they live in places like earth and they, they go on your, or, or other planets with, with native populations and they go on, you know, Tinder or space Tinder or whatever. And they find, you know, women to, 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 to procreate with, and they raise children that they know will, once they reach a certain age, have powers and they raise them, you know, what do you do when you raise, well, you know, they're trying to raise kids who will love them and listen to them and obey them. And then they recruit them into their army. And this is how they've conquered the galaxy. <clears throat> so our main character, Rohan, is one of them. So he grew up on Earth. His dad is an alien. He didn't, he knew this at some point. I, I'm not very specific about when exactly he found out. This might be a story I'll write one day. Oh. But, uh, you know, he had superpowers. So for a while, he had superpowers. He was flying around New York, you know, fighting villains. He had a team and everything. And then at some point he got recruited, left, went to join the military of this alien civilization, was there for, you know, a decade fighting and, you know, really, you know, uh, fighting for the empire out of loyalty to the empire, but also, you know, doing, doing things he probably shouldn't have been doing, you know, ending, you know, it's alluded, it's very loosely alluded to in the book. I don't go into details, but you definitely get the, the sense, you know, he ended civilizations, right? Uh, may have had reasons to, he may have been thought it was the right thing to do at the time, but he, you know, killed a lot of people and, and then got out. And, it, you know, part of the, part of the story in the book is you, you find out in, drip, in, in drips how he got out, how he managed to buy his freedom from this. But now he just wants to like be a better person and live sort of a more normal life. So when the book starts, he's living on the space station and he's got a quiet, he, he tows ships for a living by hand which is something most people can't do, but I, I always like the idea of using your powers in, in your job. Yeah, like, yeah, you know, he could become an accountant, but he could also fly and like, you know, lift out, you know, thousands of tons. So he might as well get a job where he's doing that and getting paid really well for it because it's a, it's a pretty rare skill set. Yeah. So um, that's where the hybrid helix come from. The hybrids are these half alien, half different other species, because you know the the the, the these the, these guys will go wherever to try to create more soldiers for their empire. And uh, uh, that's the setting. And, um, and if you, if anyone has, it's, 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 it's similar to Invincible because you know, the whole premise of Invincible is this, you know, uh, 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 the Invincible character, his father is an alien. And that's why he has all this alien of, of a race of very powerful aliens. And that's why he has all these powers. So the difference here is the fathers don't have that level of power. It's only their kids who do. And then they have to sort of treat their kids in this manipulative and, 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 and uh, controlling way to get them, because it's the kids who in a way really wield the power. 
And then, um, so yeah, so he's, he's living on the space station, trying to have a normal life, trying to find a decent cup of coffee and maybe get a girlfriend. And, uh, and uh, then, you know, a wormhole opens up in the, in the, uh, in the system and a ship comes through full of, full of uh, refugees from, they don't know where other side of the galaxy, this wormhole hasn't opened in thousands of years. And, uh, and all of a sudden he's in this very quiet, uh, remote, out of the way place, trying to live a quiet, remote, out of the way life. And all of a sudden it's like, well, this very interesting things happens and all, everyone's eyes are like, well, what, what's going on there? And that's where the title of the book comes from because the, the station is wistful. Mm. That's her name. Uh, the station's in, in, in artificial intelligence. She's a person, she talks to people. You know, she's got her own, you know, personality and, and stuff. And uh, she's ascending in the sense that her place in the sort of political sphere of the galaxy is rising because all of a sudden she's in this very important place where before it was an out of the way system with no habitable planets. Now it's like, oh, this ancient technology is being reactivated and everyone's very interested in that. So people come to the station with good and bad intentions <laughs> and Rowan gets caught in the middle and you've got a guy who's like very good at you know he's very good at you know war that's what he's been trained to do like he's very good at killing people but you know he sort of also doesn't really want to keep doing that because that's not conducive to having a nice happy life with a girlfriend and like a place where you can chill out and have coffee and you know he doesn't want to return to that but he also has to protect everybody he cares about and that's the tension of the story. That's cool. I guess. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> that, was the, that was the idea. So the hybrids, that's why the hybrid helix. And then and then every book I call a turn of the helix because the helix oh, is kind of twisting cool. and we're Because I feel like the story is always, you know, it's not a linear plot. You're not just progressing. He's not just getting stronger and stronger, moving in one direction. He's, he's, he's going to go in a direction, try to do the right thing, but he's going to come back because he's going to screw up or he's going to make a mistake or he's going to find a new kind of set of mistakes to make. So you might be constantly going up, but you're going kind of back and forth on different like sort of dimensions of action and morality. So, so that's my conceit. I call it a helix. And then every, every, every book is a twist is a turn of the helix. And if I write a short story, it's just a twist of the helix. <laughs> oh, so I have a, I have a short story coming out with like an, an early introduction, 18,000 words. It'll be free on my website as soon as I get it finished. Oh, that's so, awesome. But I call it I call it a twist, the zero twist, and I like and all all, all the um all the uh, uh, I like titles that have multiple meanings, right? Yeah, so yeah, wist, yeah. Wist, so wistful's the station she's ascending, but he's Rohan's position is also climbing because because um you know he's he's becoming the center of attention again for all these different forces throughout the galaxy around the, this area. He's in the public eye once more where he didn't want to be, and he's feeling wistful about it, like he's. Not what he wanted. <laughs> so it's this double. I, I I have to have two meanings for every title, or I feel like I'm wasting letters. I don't know. Oh, cool. it doesn't really make sense. But so that's that's the uh, the setting of the book, and and, cool. the, and the world. Yeah, I have to say. So look, looking at again your the first tagline here, I think this is the only thing I read: a superhero space opera for grown-ups. <laughs> I didn't even read anything after that. <laughs> I read that and I was like, yep, that's that's done. I bought it. Uh, yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Uh, I, 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 you know, it, it's funny because I, I wrote the book, and and at every step, even even when I was going back and forth with my editor about things, or she wanted me to change things or or, or do things differently, I always felt like I knew exactly what book I wanted to write. Like I knew exactly what 
what what the character like if she said oh we should we should have this character do something different i knew the answer was no or the answer was yes like immediately yeah, yeah. but like then she, then things came up like what do you want your name to be on the cover i had no idea i spent like weeks struggling with like like <laughs> like like that like how, how do you want to blurb it no idea you know i i, I couldn't like everything about the marketing no idea so it's a, such a contrast you know i knew the story i wanted to tell but i didn't know anything else <laughs> yeah, yeah. So everything else is just like torture like oh I'll try to figure it out. Let's say so, one of my uh, friends, you know, like they, I don't even know what book they're on right now. Like maybe like book eight or something. And that's, that's what he, he was like. I just, he was like, I love writing books. And he's quick at it. He's like, but I just hate the marketing aspect. He's like, I feel like you do two different jobs at one time. I'm like, well, you're doing like 10 really, you know, cause you know, when you really break down everything, you know, yeah, it's, yeah. you know, it's particularly when you're indie. Right. So it's like, yeah. Definitely understand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and I know I thought about getting an agent and trying to, and trying to go, you know, traditional, but uh, they were all like, find books just like yours and find agents who represent those, those authors. And I'm like, I, I, I can't, if I, if there were a bunch of books like mine, I, I'd be reading them. I wouldn't be writing. Yeah. You know? uh, uh, but uh, I felt like um, I was trying to do like a novel like in, 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 a, in a tone similar to a good Marvel movie. And um, if, if there are books coming out from companies like Tor that are like that, I'm not finding them. Maybe they're there and I just missed them, but but I, I'm not. Um, uh, so I, I I I tried a couple agents and I, I I didn't get very far. You know, all the comps. I'm like, all my comps are like comics. You know, the, the comparison, like, oh, this is like Harry Potter meets uh, you know uh, Old Man in the Sea or something. Um, but uh, you know, all of mine were like, oh, this is like a movie and a comic book. But you know, literary agents don't want to hear that. Yeah, <laughs> that, that, that doesn't tell them anything because that doesn't tell them which publisher to go to to try to market this no so, yeah yeah so it's kind of like kinda... i i really like the watchman you know but like i i have this idea of like these i call it like the old gods so i have like um these superheroes who you know i got their powers and stuff yeah. and i like the alter i like the watchman alternative history thing so i thought of doing that and like having like a like a totalitarian society ran by an oligarchy of superheroes um, you know, and I figure it'd be kind of like, you know, everybody loves the boys and everything. And I'm like, well, it's kind of has that same type of flavor. And then you get these new group of superheroes come in, um, who are called the new gods. And then they have to, you know, the old power structure has to deal with these kind of like your thing, like these better superheroes who are yeah. younger, who, you know, who don't have bad reputations. And, you know, then it's all about this, this war, these two warring classes, essentially. And then I got a bunch of cool superhero stuff that pops up. But I was like, my friend goes, oh, you should definitely send that to an agent. And I'm like, how do you send that to an agent? How do you send that to an agent? I'm like, I'm like, indie author. I can do that all day. I'm like, but, yeah. you know, like some, I, yeah, I think superhero genre in particular is just so hard to. Yeah. And you, you know, can't call them new gods or DC will come after you. Yeah. Didn't Jack Kirby have a new gods uh, a team or something. Jack Kirby did uh, everything. Yeah. But I was, you know, so it's interesting. I was talking to a friend of mine about that because I was like, I was like, uh, well, because they're they're um, because I said I was like, I think it's like I can use it as a title, but not the group name or something like that. Yeah. Um, that sounds right. And I was like, I was like, uh, yeah, it's like I'm gonna check into that. So I was talking to a lawyer friend of mine about that. We were uh, seeing just how far down because we're like, can you really do that? Like, you know, like I don't know. Like, I, I, he told me it gets kind of interesting with the copywriting. Um, but yeah, it was it was uh. Yeah, I don't know. I just I think it's interesting when you start thinking about, you know, just the superhero genre in particular, because what what is there really in terms of traditional publishing besides Marvel and DC books? 
you know, like their novelization forms. Like I can't, I can't really think of a superhero novel off the top of my head besides that and Watchmen where they do the movie or the, the you know, the, the novel adaptation or something like that. There are definitely superhero novels out from the major publishers. Um, okay. I, 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 um, uh, and I'm blanking on the name. I'm blanking on the names, but they, they're more like literary and less adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's one series that I think came from a major publisher, which was interesting where the main character was trans. And when they got their powers, it actually changed their body to match their, what they, what they felt they should be in terms of gender. It was kind of neat yeah. twist. And I'm trying to remember who published that, but I can't. Or the name. That's terrible. I'm on a podcast and I'm mentioning books and I can't remember the name of the author or the title of the book. I should shut my mouth. That's not good. I'm well, sorry. Think- if, you're, if you're listening to this and you wrote that book, I'm so sorry. <laughs> we'll look it up. We'll figure it out. I do think it's interesting you said though, because I do think a lot of them are more literary. Like, I think that's the thing that, you know, like, and there are a lot too, like, I, don't, I can't think of one that's like, like even like the literary ones that are, maybe I just don't, maybe I'm just not, you know, frequent with the genre now for traditional publishing for superheroes. But like, I'm thinking of like, like a Harry Dresden type series traditionally published for superhero genre. I'm like- Steelheart, I- Sanderson had a, a, a super, superhero series, a YA, uh, uh, I think it was like a trilogy. Brandon Sanderson wrote for, I think the first one was called Steelheart. But again, the, 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 the super powered characters were villains. Oh. And, 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 and all of them that, you know, it was about defeating them. And oh, again, cool. to, to me, that's a, the, the, it was cool. But again, that, that's a deconstruction. That's turning it on its head. And my whole thing is I don't want to turn it on its head. I just want to do it. I yeah, want to do yeah. it not on its head. You know, I want to do it put it on its feet. Yeah, yeah. Like, pat it on the shoulder and say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to do you the right way. That, it's that just was interesting my... that you don't have like a, for, for such a, for Marvel and DC, you know, to be like the movies to be so popular. Yes. And you have this comic book, like out of all the, out of all the genres or niches that you would think traditional publishing would have, you would think superheroes would be like number one. I mean, I mean, right? uh, yeah. I mean, Mar- Mar- Marvel and DC are like, you know, huge properties. And then um, uh, like science fantasy in general is not common in, 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 in the, in the uh, literary world and in, in the world of books, but like Marvel star, Marvel DC and star Wars are science fantasy. Right? What yeah. is star Wars? Like the force is magic. Yep. And their spaceships are tech, right? It's science fantasy, but it's not that easy to find in the book world, which is weird because I'm like, well, if you're going to emulate anybody genre wise, why wouldn't you go for those three? But it doesn't seem to be the yeah, way it's working. Interesting. So I don't know. I think, we just, I think we just, we just probably broke. Maybe we broke genres. <laughs> we broke yeah. all the book markets. Yeah. Now people are yeah. all going to be like, oh, we got to write superhero stuff like and get traditional stuff. Go it's for just it. weird. Like you have a huge market and I just feel yeah. like, I don't know like i would i would read them all day i buy those spider-man ones back in the day you know yeah. x-men ones uh, yeah. my friend i have so many friends that love the x-men and star trek ones you know the novelizations like it's just weird that it is yeah. weird to me that you don't have more of that type of genre niche for traditional publishing right no Very i agree good. i agree so i'm trying i'm doing my best i'm writing as fast as i can <laughs> <laughs> to, to, to fill that corner of the market that's fair but i'm, I'm slow I, I can't you know, I, I meet people online who are writing like a book a month and I'm like, I just can't, <laughs> like, <laughs> there's no way. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to try to hit like two a year, but um, that's, my, that's my goal. 
but uh, right now I'm not even doing that. So uh, I know I know that feeling. I keep getting distracted yeah. by my life, so I definitely. Yeah, yeah, I have a day job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would say for better or for worse, but really it's for better because you know writing's not paying all the bills. Yeah, yeah. I have yeah. a day job and it takes time, and I got kids. <laughs> You know, and a, and, a, and a wife, you know, I've got I've got other responsibilities. So, yeah, yeah. That's why I'm trying to bust out as much this summer and before my baby's born. Because I'm like, I know after that, I'm just I'm a teacher. too. So I'm like, like my friend said, she's like, you got to get prepared now. She's like, you got to start, you know, pre-prepping and maybe get some better outlines. And, you know, she's I've been trying the last like year and a half to get my habits down. Uh, a little yeah, bit better yeah. so yeah i definitely definitely understand that yeah it's not gonna happen after they're born man I, yeah, I, yeah i've had uh, i've had a couple and uh it's uh they're lovely i love my kids but it's a lot it's a lot of like lost sleep and a lot of work yeah yeah, yeah. So i'm not telling you anything you don't know but <laughs> um yeah i felt i felt like we covered quite a bit there um i have no idea a lot, a lot, of, <laughs> a, lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of interesting uh topics came up that i think were a lot more interesting than the questions that i came up with um <laughs> Yeah, but uh, how many uh, how many books do you plan uh, in your series, and did you decide on a number yet, or are you just kind of so so my books are standalones, right? Like like oh, okay. like each each book is a contained story, whatever whatever villain main villain is. It's 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 very similar to like the Harry Dresden novels in the sense that there there are long term storylines, there are characters that appear, and the relationships change, and you can tell there's like you know there there are big like uh, conflicts coming on the horizon in later books. But every book really tells a story that finishes. And that's exactly what I'm doing. Right? It's not a trilogy. It's not, it's not, you know, you finish the first book, the first book is done. You might be like, huh, they made a reference to this other thing. I wonder if that's going to show up later, but you don't have the feeling like you're halfway through a story. Oh, so, um, and I, and I, I intend to keep doing it that way. Right. So book, books two and three are definitely self-contained. They finish uh, the story's over. And then there are threads hanging, you know, threats, imply that may come back later but that's 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 what i love to read so that's what i'm writing you know it's a, that's yeah, simple yeah. and then i have this i i have uh i know book four i pretty much know what i want to happen book five i have like a loose outline and then honestly like i i have i have ideas for things that could happen in the future and i have a pretty solid idea of how i want it to end but and i and i joke with people like oh it's gonna be 25 books but i don't have a 25 book outline you know yeah, like, yeah. Like that, 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 I'll have that when I hit book 23, you know, I'm not going <laughs> to, right. So, you know, could it be, could it be, it's not going to be six or seven books. Cause I know I can't get to where I want to go. I like the slow reveal. I like when things kind of gradually change over a long period of time and you get these hints that things are coming, but it takes a while to develop. Um, I like doing that. I like reading that, you know, so uh, uh, will it be 20 books? Will it be 25 books? Will it be like 15 books? I don't know. Um, uh, you know, uh, I, I plan, I, I'll write them, you know, one way or another. That's the beauty of like self-publishing in Amazon. You know, that's the other thing. Honestly, that was a small part of why I didn't pursue traditional publishing harder because you go to a traditional publisher and you, and you sell them like, two, even if you sell them like three books and you say, I want to write 25 books about this character. You don't get a promise that that's going to yeah, happen. No. no, no one does. Maybe yeah. Brandon Sanders, right? I keep saying Brandon Sanders. Yeah. He's just a good example for this sort of thing, but you know, almost like Jim Butcher did not get, when the nope. third Harry Dresden came out, he did not get a contract that said you can keep going until book 25. Yep. He probably can now. Like now we know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But 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 they don't offer you that. And like it's their character. You can't just, but I'm like, you know, if I'm self-pub, I can I can I can draw my own covers with a crayon 
and you know, no editing, and I can write this thing on an old laptop, and for nothing, I could publish all 25 books. Yeah, no yeah. can stop me. You know, that's not the way I want to do it. I'd like to sell a few so I can afford like editing and the nice covers, yeah. because the nice covers, you know, I can't, I, I, I can't do this. <laughs> yes, <sir. laughs> a little, little bit better than a cram. <laughs> I, can't, I, I can't do this, right? This, this will never. I'm not an artist. You know. Um, uh, uh, so I'd like to be able to keep affording, like, you know, editing, editing, editing is, editing's really nice. You know, I mean, could I, could I do it myself? Maybe, but you know, anyone who thinks that they can just write a rough draft and publish it, it's going to be good. No, you're, I'm sorry. Your first draft, it sucks. Yeah. Everyone, I mean, I'm sorry. I don't care who you are. Second, you know, third and fourth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was the one thing, uh, uh, you know, as a writer that I really didn't understand was just how bad my first draft was like ever, you know, like I didn't realize just how far, because I feel like when you write, you have this, you have this idea, this cool feeling and emotion and like a, a mental picture of what you're writing. And then you write it down. And then every time you read what you wrote, it's reminding you of that cool. So this is so cool because it was a cool idea, but it doesn't mean your words are actually communicating that idea to a different person. Someone else reads and they're like, I don't understand what this means at all. Yeah. yeah. But it takes a long time to learn, to read your stuff and go, okay, I know what this means. Like I know what 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 scene this is supposed to be bringing up, but will someone else who reads that get the same image or not? Usually not, right? So it, 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 your first drafts aren't good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but I'm digress. I'm digressing. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm I'm a tangent. I'm sorry. No, I I I definitely think it's it's important. But that actually leads me to the next question here. Do so. Would you say you're more of a planner or a pantser? Yeah, I'm 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 I'm, I'm definitely uh, more of a planner. Like I'm, I'm the guy, you know, uh, partially because I tend to have a bunch of plot threads running and I have to wrap them up in a certain way. Gotcha. And if I pants, it, I don't get anywhere. Like I really have to have a strong idea where it's, I mean, everyone's on a continuum. Like no one's really like a fully, up, everyone comes up with stuff when they're writing that they throw in there and then they, yeah, 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 yeah. they adjust their plan as they go. But I'm more on the planning into the spectrum because I, again, I have pretty complicated plots and I really want to make sure, part of the thing that will bug me as a reader is when like um, uh, there'll be a plot line and like some 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 other character won't appear for like two days, oh, yeah. and you and you can't figure what were they doing? Like why weren't they advancing what their agenda was for those two days? Yeah, they just yeah. kind of disappeared from the story and appeared back when the main character needed to deal with them, but they just were they were gone, you know. And and why why weren't they making moves? Yeah, so yeah. I, I try to be really careful, which involves a lot of you know a lot of a lot of writing a lot of notes uh, a lot of calendars so that you know uh i can tell you oh no no this this guy was in transit for these 12 hours from here to here that's how long it takes to get from here to here and that's why you know you may not i may not say it in the book but i have an explanation somewhere of what was going on with that so uh so i'm more of a planner i have to be otherwise uh i aggravate myself because i'll miss things (laughs) it's not fun anymore you know yeah yeah yeah. Uh, well, it's, it's, it's not fun when it pulls you out as the reader, but it's also not fun when it pulls you out as the writer. So, yeah, I mean, ultimately, I'm I'm a, I'm a sort of a cantankerous reader. You know, a lot of things will pull me out. Like bad science will pull me out. Like when people break, when people don't understand physics, it'll break. You know, pull me out. So I'm like, so I have to I have to write something that's going to satisfy me. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, and, and, and so I, I, it just involves a lot of careful notes, note taking, and a lot of planning. So I'm definitely more of a planner. Uh, 
And the, the, the books that I probably like to read the most are usually, not always, but usually written by planners. Or I think some people say they're pantsers and what they mean is they pants their rough draft, but then their, their rough draft ends up really being what I would use as an outline. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they rewrite it so heavily that in effect they're planning, they just, instead of outlining, they actually wrote a first draft. I think, I think that's a great point. That's what I did for my first like fantasy novel. And I would say like when I wrote the first draft, it was more the outline. And now I'm, yeah. my second draft is really my draft one. I, I would yeah. totally, I think that's a perfect way to describe it, honestly. Yeah. yeah. I, I, you know, I mean, I'm in, I'm in writing groups like on Discord and stuff and we talk about this stuff a lot. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, people who just plow through, they're, they're, you know, if, if, they're, if their finished products are really good, they're usually editing a lot. Yeah. Which is fine. That's a perfectly, I mean, I, I don't, I, I hope I don't sound like I'm criticizing that method because I'm not like that. That works for you. That's fantastic. Uh, it's just not, I'm more of an outline first. And then when I'm actually writing, I actually write, actually I find it harder and harder to write because I'm trying to get it perfect the first time through this last, when I wrote book three, it was like a struggle because I kept trying to keep me, making sure my pacing was right. And my themes were unfolding right. And all the character arcs were working right as I wrote it. And it just made every page just <laughs> agony. <laughs> but the, the, the advantage was when the first draft was done, it was much closer to being finished. So we'll see. But beta readers liked it. So <laughs> that's awesome. Got to wait on my cover. Yeah. <laughs> the long, lonely wait. <laughs> yeah. And I'm trying to do a different thing in every book, which also doesn't help. Like, you know, I think it really helps if you have a formula and you can write, you know, a sort of a formulaic way, just keep writing similar stuff happening and it, the problem is it's boring so i can't do that i wish i could i was like oh i could just re redo this book and like same basic idea and just write it and i couldn't do it yeah well i call that the jim butcher effect you know like after after a while i was like okay that's why like i got through the first six books within like three weeks and i was like i just felt like it was like kind of very similar yeah. and then then I, i'm like then when book seven when i read book seven i was like oh this is totally different um you know that's where really for me it like I felt like I was starting to enjoy it in a different yeah, way, yeah. Uh, but it was a different pace completely. And I, you know, I know some people that, you know, you might be like, Oh, that's kind of hard in a series, you know, cause you kind of go for the familiar, you know, familiarity, but I think at times it, it can help, but also kind of hurt you at the same time. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what I did. So my first book, Rohan's on a space station. He's got like a, a security officer that he works with a lot. Who's a, who's an empath. Who's uh, people like her character. She's very sarcastic. Um, because that's my humor. Um, he's got, you know, a, a sort of a, a population of people around him. You know, he makes friends with the, the former sidekicks of like another hero that was very famous in their world um, who are now older and sort of retired, but they, they come to investigate the wormhole. So, he, uh, so he's got a cast around him. And then in book two, I sent him to earth and his whole cast was like basically left behind. And uh, uh, it's very nerve wracking because people really like like these supporting characters like oh that kid you had in that first book was really cool i'm like well you're not going to see him again for a long time <laughs> he's not in book two and he's not in book three i'm sorry but i wanted to do something different i want to show the other side of his life and going back to earth and like seeing people he hasn't seen in 10 years people he sort of abandoned for reasons but still people he abandoned and people he may have wronged in the past and having to try to make up for it and fight you know giant sharks because I have no idea, no idea where that came from. But once I had that idea in my head, I was stuck with it. So, so yeah, so book two is very different. And book three, we get him back on, back on Wistful. 
uh, and we learn a little more of the backstory. I like I like deep history. You know, I like having uh, these oh, books yeah, where there's yeah. this sense of all these exotic things happen, like in the dislike, like in, in, in book two, like they make references to Atlantis sinking and the oh, remnants yeah. of that civilization. It's a very like little piece on the side, but I just like this feeling of like embedded, you know, there's, there's, there's a character who's, she's a dinosaur. She's, you know, hundreds of millions of years old wandering around, you know? So I like, I like that kind of, st- again, cause I like reading it. I don't know if, um, do you ever read Planetary? No, but I've heard a lot of people like reference it though. Really like it, and it has that sense of this 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 deep history. You know, they they yeah. they, they run into things with that hint at events that happened a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. they live in a world where stuff has really been going on. You know, yeah. it wasn't just that all of a sudden cool things started happening in the 1950s or the 1960s. It's really been there before. I like that sense, so I try to add it in wherever I can. Doesn't always work. You know. <laughs> my goal it's my goal i call it the malazan effect i feel like that's why steven erickson like there was something oh like there was something random that amanda rake did and my buddy and i just and we're like we're like it was so random but it was such cool it was a small little fantasy thing but like he puts his sword dragon dragon fur on like an obelisk and it sucks out part of the souls or whatever to allow him to wield the sword longer and we were both just like that's just cool <laughs> like that's really neat just waiting uh, for someone to read Malazan and some young person to pick up like Elric and be like, they stole this. Like, no, no, <laughs> no. The other yeah. way around, bud. Yeah, Let's yeah. Have the, I mean, half the fun of Malazan is, is how he's twisting all these other fantasy oh, for sure. tropes. You know, he's twisting the barbarian, he's twisting the, yep. the Elric character, and it's wonderful. I mean, it's wonderful stuff. You know, uh, uh, and we were, actually, we were talking about that before the podcast started, before yep. the recording started, but we both love Yep, definitely, well, uh, definitely been a good time in terms of not just reading, but also the study and the writing. So that's like yeah. I get like oh. <laughs> yeah, I I I did a little bit of that, trying to like read Erickson in a way that I could try to mimic it, and I completely gave up. I just don't feel I have that level of, you know, I have a, I have a whole theory about like writing, like there like. It's like um, uh, I grew up. I grew up in the '80s, right? '70s and '80s, and uh, uh, I loved Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. Mm. And Arnold Schwarzenegger, I don't know if he's an actor, right? But he can play a, a certain character, great. Oh yeah. He yeah. plays like a certain character, very convincing. He sells his lines. He's believable. He's got charm, charisma. He's great. Could he play another kind of character? Does he have range? Probably not. Like we've never seen him. Like you know, but he's he plays that one guy well. Yeah, but yeah. like a really good writer can write a bunch of different styles and voices and do them well. And I'm like, this is the most arrogant thing I'll ever say. And I don't mean it to be arrogant, but I'm like, I'm like, at best, I'm the Arnold Schwarzenegger of writing, you know, at best I can do one thing. I hope I'm doing it well, but I've got like one voice, one style, and I don't have the skill to like do other stuff. Like you look at like someone like Stephen Brust and he wrote uh, the Jarek novels and like, he'll write another book and it's like a totally different tone and it's beautiful. Yeah. Prose is amazing. I call him the totally Felix different. Ortiz of writing because Felix does the same thing with art and covers. It's like in different mediums. and <laughs> yeah, yeah. So some people can do that. They, they have real skill in yep. a way that, you know, and I'm like, you know, you don't necessarily need, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger made, made great movies, but you just don't yeah. want him playing a, like a different kind of character in your film because he's probably not going to sell it. So yeah, yeah. that's my, that's my Arnold Schwarzenegger theory of writing. No, that's yeah. fair. Little bonus points. <laughs> Well, you talked about Invincible, but uh, are, are there any other, you know, author, uh, comic book writers, sorry, or artists, you know, or just comic books where after you read them, 
or even to see them, you're like, okay, I got to go right now. Yeah. I mean, like, 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 like Rohan was, was definitely uh, inspired by a bunch of different comics. Um, you know, the, the visual, uh, the thing that I love about the, 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 the character, I wasn't only a Superman or a DC fan growing up, but the, the flying sort this sounds mm. so dumb, the flying tough guy. Yeah, I really yeah. got a lot of that from Nova, the Marvel yeah, character yeah, Nova, yeah. who I think they're trying to bring back. I don't, I don't yeah, even know. Yeah, yeah. But, I like um, Nova a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the, just the, 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 the way they drew him in the comics, it spoke to me when I was a kid. The, and there was a comic called um, The Griffin. Uh, it was a DC comic. It was not set in the main DC universe. It was like a 12 issue limited series. I don't know that anyone other than I read it. I hope, I hope, I hope one day I become famous so I can tell everyone how great this comic was. And someone listens to me and like, fine, you know, but it was, it was, it was about like an alien race. And what they do is they, they take humans and they, for some reason, humans can be turned into like superpowered people through a process that they have. So they, they recruit humans to be in their military. So you can see these similarities between this story and mine. And the Griffin was about this guy who had been off fighting in wars for this. And he comes back home and realizes home isn't ready for him anymore. <laughs> and again, this is, this, this is very, you can see there's a lot of echoes. I'm not telling the same story, but I'm telling a story that has a reminiscent in many ways yeah, of the yeah. Griffin. And um, uh, uh, I, I love that comic. And the, the art was also excellent. Uh, if I could draw, I would draw it just like that, but I can't, <laughs> I can't. Um, and then I'm, you know, I'm inspired by, by a, a, a ton of things. L largely, you know, I, 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 and this is going to sound terrible. I get most inspired when I find something that kind of bugs me about a story oh. I love. No, yeah, right? yeah, for sure. Like there's a plot hole in a story that I love and that makes me want to go write because it makes me want to write something that keeps the things I love but doesn't have that plot hole or that, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. my, 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 uh, the biggest thing I hate is when some character has some power that they don't use. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. They're, they're trying to, they're trying to, to conquer the world, but they don't think of using their power in this way that should be pretty obvious to them. And um, whenever I see stuff like that, I have to go write. So there's like one of those in, in, in different play. I don't want to give anything away. I feel like if I keep talking about the part of Invincible that, that bugs me, there's one thing in Invincible that bugs me, but it happens late in the series mm. and it's a spoiler. Gotcha. So I feel terrible, but like, I can't tell you what it was, but there was something. So I did, I wrote to be, to fix that little, little tiny, tiny flaw. I understand. Yeah, I understand that. There was this trilogy that I read for, uh, through Eberron and um, I, I absolutely loved it. The characters are amazing. Great story. Get all the way to the end of book three. And one of the main characters gets overtaken by this artifact. And then they think that he's him, but he's not. And they ended it on a cliffhanger and they never did anything else. And I was like, you just ruined what would have been an amazing arc and, you know, in story. And I've never, I think they were meant to do something after or another trilogy or something uh, it happened. So I think that's literally why me, I'm like, I'll never do that to somebody. Yeah, and I think, good. I think that's why a lot of us write. So I definitely understand <laughs> that aspect. You know, it, it, it sounds, it sounds, it, it sounds like you're insulting the, the people, the writer, the creators you love. And that's not how I mean it. You know, I oh, mean, no, I, no, 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 yeah. there's so many different things that go into a, a novel and so many things that will irritate so many different. It's so you can't please everybody. Yeah, yeah, you know, um, uh, no one can, right? There's always going to be some of the, there are people who don't like Malazan. Perf otherwise, normal people, they seem normal to the outside, you know, but they're like, oh, I can't stand it. You don't understand what's going on. I'm like, that's the whole point, you know? Anyway, um, so yeah, so, but I, I you know, uh, uh, you know, my whole magic system was, 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 was built 
on, on conversations I had with an, with an old friend who became an economics professor and he was bugged by magic. It's just like, well, you know, if this country has wizards, like, and wizards are so powerful, why don't they have like build like giant schools and train up all the next generation of kids, like many of them to be wizards and make an army and conquer all their neighbors. And if your magic system, if your if your setting doesn't have a really good explanation for why that hasn't happened, why someone hasn't done that and conquered the world, it would bug the crap out of it. And I'm like, yeah, that's fair. Ooh, that, that's a good point. Like, why yeah. wouldn't that have happened? You know, someone would have just been like greedy and wanting to take over people. You, you, you can't tell me no one wanted to take over the world in yeah, history yeah. of this setting. So why didn't they do that? So you need an answer. So you have to, if I ever have a magic system, I make sure there's like a response to that. There are limitations <laughs> built in. So, you know, uh, it's all trying to avoid these childhood friend getting angry at me for <laughs> fundamental mistakes. Or maybe you're Glenn Cook and you wrote where that country did do it or those wizards did do it. <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm actually rereading Black Company with a group of friends on Discord right now. And um, he's so good. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, such good stuff. And he's, what I really like about it is he's got, he's got a hard magic system in Black Company, but he doesn't really explain it ever. Yep, you yep. know it's a hard match. You know it's a rule-based system because if you talk to one wizard, they kind of know what all the other ones can do. Like you can say to one guy, look, that guy's much tougher than you, but can he do X, Y, and Z? And like, no, that's not possible. That is that he could do, but it would take it would like it would it would it would cost him a lot of energy, whatever. So it's clear there are rules. Yeah, yeah. But you don't as the reader, you don't know what they are, yep. but it doesn't matter. Like you definitely feel like there's limits to everything and constraints. I love the way he does that. Yeah, he's yeah. Uh, was a big influence on me was, was, was Glenn Cook. So, uh, so we'll go with that last one there. Uh, do you have any um, news, updates, promos, anything or, like that? that you'd like are to we do? short on time or do you want to talk about representation? Oh, I'm running a little short on time. I was yes. thinking of doing, so I'd love to have you back. No, no, for free. So I was thinking of actually putting that and a couple of better form questions for it um, in there. For, no, 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 that works. That works. That works perfectly good um i have uh whistle ascending uh which i have right here is available right now on amazon in ebook and i love, uh, I love paperback the, the, the oh man chris mcgrath so good so yeah, good and, other than felix he's my favorite they're both like neck and neck right now <laughs> so, I good. Love both of them. so good um uh book two return of the griffin also ebook paperback hardcover um i am having an audiobook of Wistful Ascending made, um, hopefully end of August, the audiobook, uh, you know, the guy's in contract, he's going over the manuscript now. Um, it'll be available on Audible. I have no, I don't have a release date. It's just, I'm not that organized, you know. When it's done, I'll put it out there and I'll tell people on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter, um, uh, Facebook. I have a webpage, jcmburn.com and uh, book three should be out by September. But if it's not, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Don't quote us. It's okay. <laughs> it, 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 it is written and uh, I'm waiting on a cover, but uh, uh, my, my uh, you know, you, I never know how long it's, something will come up. I'm buying a house um, and uh, 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 I just lost my card in a flood. I've had a very strange, strangely eventful few months. So, you know, That's sometimes it. things have to take a back burner to yep. other stuff. Yep. Definitely understand that. It was such so nice to speak to you, Daniel. This was yeah, fantastic. thanks. I'm, I'm really excited. I, I, I started having other questions in my mind because we got through quite a few, and I was Write like, them down. Other things, I was like, oh, this is gonna be really good for another interview. 
And it's nice that you know you get book three out, you know, around. write them down. You promised me on Twitter I was gonna be your co-host. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can actually, <laughs> I just cool. remember that conversation. Yeah, I told <laughs> we we should totally do that. I've been looking for someone else to uh to come in and do like guest spots and stuff. So we should I would we love should definitely that. talk about doing that for the fall in particular, since we're same time zone. So I love to talk about writing and, and my wife does not. Yes, I know that she, she doesn't care about any of this at all. <laughs> Will not read my books. Lovely woman does not care about science fiction or fantasy. She does not care about Malazan. So I'll talk <laughs> anytime. I'm more than happy to have a conversation about these things. I definitely so, know that feeling. <laughs> well, I, I will definitely be hitting you up, you know, on Twitter and things like that. We could d- definitely discuss yeah, that. I'd love you know to. Where I am. I've been wanting a guest host for a long time. So I feel like that'd be really, Sounds fantastic. Really awesome. Well, awesome. Well, I just want to remind our, our audience here to make sure, you know, that you're, you know, checking out Joe's um, descriptions here. Make sure you're going and, you know, you know, you're waiting on book three, but why don't you go buy book one and two? And then once you're done with that, feel free to then do what I do and listen to the audio books as well. You know, that way you'll have some time, you know, to get prepared and you'll know everything about book one and two and be ready and prepared for book three. So <laughs> Joe, again, I want to thank you for coming on. And I, you know, as thank always, you, I look forward to talking to you on Twitter, my friend. Excellent. Thank you, my friend. Appreciate it. Yep. You have a good rest of the Sunday and I will talk to you later, buddy. You too. Thanks. Thank you. Okay. Bye.